0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW report Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen, and welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This is a series of podcasts that's dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children. Um, so we're going to help children to behave better and really just be their best. Uh, we, all of us adults have an important role in, in doing that. I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I am also a mom. I've learned many lessons from my child clients and even my own children. This informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching that I do as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with thousands of children and parents that there are some simple principles for parenting. I will cover more than 20 principles for Blissful Parenting so you too can have freakish and well-behaved kids. These principles are simple, but they're also life-altering. They're life-altering for you as the adult and also life-altering for your children. They will change and enhance the relationships you have with children, how children behave, how you feel about yourself around children. And for those of you who are parents and listening, they'll improve your overall parenting esteem. In this podcast, I'll talk about a, a specific principle or lesson and how you can apply it. There will be special guests that will further our conversations about parenting and children. You'll want to stay tuned for my upcoming book, Blissful Parenting, and check out my website, us, or follow me on Twitter. At Dr. Jody Mullen. For today's show, I'm joined by my friend, sidekick, mental health counselor, play therapist, mom, and grandma. That's quite a resume, June Rickley. And we're going to be adjust, addressing communicating with children today. Welcome, June. Hi, Jody. This is um, one of my favorite things to talk about because um, you know I think that we take for granted that we can communicate with children the same ways that we can. We communicate with each other, and children really do communicate differently um, with each other and with us. And then on our end, they also understand and experience our communication differently. So there's so much to talk about when we're talking about when we're talking about communicating with children, and it's such a like foundation to uh, blissful parenting and to having freakishly well-behaved children, because if you can communicate better with kids, then you can improve your relationship with kids. If you can communicate better with anybody, right, it improves your relationship. The same is true with children, um, except we can't really use the same strategies that we use to communicate with each other that work to work with children. So that's what we're going to focus on today. And I'm going to start off in June... Um, you know, as my sidekick, you feel free to chime in when when you want. Um, sure. Okay. So I'm going to start off today talking about just getting to their level as the most important thing that you can do in communicating with children. Uh, let me illustrate this a little bit. What I mean here is um, in terms of communicating with children and getting to their level, the easiest, most effective thing that you can do, and it is you can do it like you can walk away from listening to this podcast and go try this out and you will be amazed. It's so effective. Is get to their level physically. And by that I mean instead of standing over a child or sitting in a chair and talking to a child while they're while they're still like below you in terms of height and size, you want to make sure that you are at a level where you can have direct eye contact with them and also they can have that with you. So, for example, you'll hear a lot of um, parents, not the ones who listen to this podcast, of course, um, but you'll hear a lot of parents <laughs> who say, like, um, they'll be scolding their child or trying to talk to their child and they'll say to their child, you know, look look at me when I'm talking to you. And it's, so right there, that shows, That's that essence of what needs to happen. They do need to maintain eye contact, but it is a whole lot easier to have your child look at you when you're talking to them, and you look at them when you're talking to them, or they're talking to you. If you're at their level, it's difficult for them to maintain the looking up at you piece. So this, hands down, is the most effective thing that you can do in your communication with children to enhance and improve your communication with children. Get on their level. Sit on the floor. Kneel down. Crouch down um, with really little kids. um, If they're they're already on the floor and sitting on the floor, lay down on your belly and and, while they're talking to you and you're talking to them or they're playing. It's so important that you're at their level physically, and it drastically, drastically changes the communication between the two of you. I would encourage you know, those of you who are listening, to go try it out, like, right away, (laughs) because you really will be amazed at what happens. Um, With that being said, I will also give a little bit of a warning, is that children read that communication so clearly that you want to listen to them and you want to communicate with them when you are down at their level that I wouldn't recommend, like, walking into your child's daycare or preschool classroom or um, into a big family party where there's a lot of children, and getting right down at the child's level because the children will swarm you. <laughs> and if you have never been swarmed by a group of children, it can be very overwhelming. So, you know, you'll be that favorite aunt. You'll be that favorite um, person to adults, to a lot of children, just because you get at their level. So if you take nothing else out of this podcast, that's the one thing that I really – that's why I wanted to start off with that one. It is so and simple, and it is um, – so incredible the impact it has uh, when you are communicating with children, so that's where I wanted to start in terms of I think the best lesson that you know that I've learned from working with kids um, and have just seen happen over and over again to enhance communication
1: yeah and I can even um, <laughs> even when I have as a in my role as a play therapist um, the first time I'm meeting a child in the waiting room um, oftentimes. I'll walk into the waiting room and i'll see this little this little kid who may not look you know very very sure of what's going on and and just maybe nervous and anxious and I'll go up to that child and immediately get down on their level and it's amazing that they, it's amazing to see that their face immediately softens and so i've I've made like contact with them like you said, Jody, just in that simple move of getting down right to their level. And it's just such an immediate um, response, positive response from them. Yeah. I mean, there's also so many
0: other good things that come out of it, too, um, June. That's like, you know, one of them is now you actually do have good eye contact with them. So they, you can read their expressions more effectively um, you know, you can read their facial expressions, you can read their nonverbal. but children are primarily nonverbal communicators, even the ones who are very talky, you know, so like with my mm-hmm. own children and, cer- and c- certainly children that I see um, for counseling, some of them, you know, are really good at expressing themselves verbally, but they still read and, and use a ton of nonverbal communication, and so more so than we do as adults, they rely on it, and so if, so, you can see them closely and you can read their facial expressions accurately because you are at their level. The other piece to that is they can read yours. And so even if they don't know the words that you're saying, so even if you're, right. you know, if we're talking about, you know, communicating with a toddler or um, they 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 might not be able to understand the words that you're saying, they don't have that kind of receptive language, but they can read your facial expressions. And that's actually part of how they learn language. So there's all these benefits, you know, that come with it. Because now, not only are you at their level and you take some of that scary height away from, you know, away from the relationship, but you also are adding in true, um, you know, eye-to-eye, you know, facial expression kind of where you can read that communication,
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, and I just think, you know, so, of course, that, that makes it even that much stronger. You know, the other thing um, that happens there, too, is that you can really see things from their perspective, right? So when you are down at the ground, you notice um, that things look differently from down there. <laughs> you know, it's a different perspective that they have over the world. I just watched, oh, an episode. What was the TV show? It's hilarious. I can't, and I wish I could remember what TV show it was but they were having a baby, um, they, they were baby-proofing their house, and they had this woman come in, and it, it's a sitcom, so of course it's hilarious, but they had this woman come in, and she was saying, like, all the dangers of their house, and, you know, uh, and it was way over, overboard, and, you know, very, very funny. But, the, but part of, you know, what we learn when we are baby-proofing our houses or, or our playrooms for us um, in practice is that, you know, you do have to get down on their level so you can see what kids would be, you know, attracted to and, you know, how things look from being, you know, uh, having a lower height or a lower um, field of vision. And so here's another thing that that being able to get down on children's level adds to it. It adds what's their perspective, what looks interesting from, you know, being uh, two feet or three feet high rather than five feet, you know, high. Um, and so you get, you, you get to see that, too. And I think that sometimes you see how that changes the way the world looks. Um, so, again, like there's this added um, essence to just getting down on their level. So you're, you're, uh, you take the power out of the relationship that's inherent in, like, the height differences. You are better able to read their nonverbals and facial expressions, and they're better able to read yours. And um, you also get to see the world from their perspective, even if it's just a snapshot of that. So lots of positive things. Um and really things that will help you understand your child's perspective or a child's perspective come from
1: just getting down at their level. And it really um, is and part of I it really is our responsibility as the adults to get down to their level. Because they can't really they can't get up to our level unless they do things like climb on furniture things like that which they often do if they're feeling that it's that it, it's um on um whatever that that the um the space is that we're not um on the same level and and often they yeah. try to make that happen and then they get in trouble um for doing that
0: yeah so in in their efforts to close the gap, right, so they stand up yeah. on furniture or on the chair, you know, or whatever, or they jump up and down, in their efforts to close the gap, oftentimes that is what gets them, you know, in trouble. I have a um a story with regards to that. I have a friend who, you know, he's over six foot, and he, when he would come home from work, his son, you know, I think he had to be four or five at the time, was so excited to greet him at the door, and he'd run to the to the door, and um, they had a couch, you know, not too far off from the door. So he'd run, and he'd jump on the couch and stand on the arm of the couch. Well, it drove, you know, his mom crazy that he would do that. And and dad wasn't all that happy that he was standing on the couch. And, you know, he's like, oh, what can I do? It's like every time I come home from work now, it's like this super stressful situation where my son wants to stand on the couch, my wife is, you know, scolding him for standing on the couch, and then I, I walk into this, you know, very unpleasant moment, and I hate to see my wife stressed out, and I hate to see my son all upset. And I said, "How about like when you walk through the door, you crouch down." And he was like, "Seriously, mm-hmm. that's it?" And I'm like, "Yeah,
1: that's, that's so it.
0: simple." And, uh, and, and he's like, "This is what you went to school for a hundred years to learn?" Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> but watch how well it works. And, and really, that's that's exactly what happened. He gave it a a, a try and was. Just amazed um, at how that worked, you know, and it really just took that one time. Because what his son was trying to do, like you know, you were um, talking about there, was he was trying to be able to have that face-to-face contact with dad, um, and he can't do it, you know, through pro-social means perhaps. um, But it's really easy for us to do that, um, and that's you know, we can get down. It's our responsibility we can get down to their level. So that's definitely, I think, um, you know, for me, the best lesson that I've learned um, from communicating with kids. Uh, I I will highlight another lesson. I'll share another lesson that I've learned, and then maybe you can um, share one, uh, June, that you've learned too. Um, I also learned from children, and this is a, um, a lesson that's, I think, important for people who work with children, but it also is important for parenting, is that, um, kids don't so much care what um, our experience was like as children. They can't really see us as children, so that doesn't those stories don't relate well until they until they get somewhat older. So I was working in counseling with this little girl. She was about nine years old, and she had been out of counseling for about three weeks. She had had her tonsils out, and she came back, and you know um, we had you know just a pleasant little exchange when she came back about. Her being in the hospital, and now she's feeling better. Her voice still sounded a little, you know, shaky. And I said to her, I've never had my tonsils out. You know, just I'm making conversation with her. And I said, I've never had my tonsils out. And she looks, looks right at me and says, I don't care. And I thought, oh, thank you very much for teaching me that lesson. <laughs> She wasn't. She wasn't being rude, and she really wasn't being rude. She was really just being honest. It's like I don't care if you've ever had your never had your tonsils out. I've had mine out, and this is my you know experience. And I think a lot of times as adults we sort of lead or direct or capitalize on the conversation, and and that's when we stop listening to children. And so. Um, uh, you know I always I teach my counseling students that so self-disclosure for little kids doesn't work very well. but I think how that applies to you know teachers and coaches and parents is that that sometimes what we think is a way of relating to them by sharing about ourselves doesn't exactly work developmentally with children. One, they're egocentric, which means they're really focused on themselves and they, they have a hard time taking perspective. But it also the other pieces, but they want us to listen first to them, and then, you know, then if we've proven ourselves and we've really listened to them, then, you know, that's the time that maybe we can share some things about ourselves. But so we have to earn our credibility first by listening. So I really appreciate that uh, little lesson that I learned about self-disclosure and talking too much about myself uh, with
1: children. How about mm-hmm. you, what, that's uh, a, what Actually, Actually, Go ahead. Um, you you stole my idea, Jody. I was going to say that one oh. of the most important things we can do to be uh, more effective communicators with our children is to listen more, and yeah. to to not only listen more, but to not try to fake them out by <laughs> make them think we're oh. listening. And I remember um, with my own kids. Um and one one of my sons, in particular, was one of these kids who um when he was little, would talk talk talk, 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 talk all through the day and he um he was really little at the time and i I just remember this one day, and I was you know I was busy and doing this, that, and the other, and he was talking, and I kept going, mm-hmm, oh, uh-huh, yeah, mm. And then, and and all of a sudden, he said in his little, you know, two and a half year old, you know, why do you always say uh huh, uh huh, uh huh? And it was, it really, he was, he was totally not buying um, that I was really listening to him, and I wasn't. Right, <laughs> he caught
0: you. Yeah, yeah, he did
1: catch
0: and I mean, me. And and I think that's such a great story because I think that sometimes, you know, that there are many times where we put some of our, like, menial tasks ahead of listening to children. And, and sometimes it's really hard, especially if you do have a very talky child or a child who's very, you know, demanding of your attention. And so some of the things that, you know, that uh, we would suggest for that is that, you know, make some time where you're going to give them your undivided attention. I, I remember being in um, a counseling session with, a you know, a little girl and the phone in my office was ringing um, it was, you know, at the time where I didn't have the ability to put it on Do Not Disturb or anything like that. And she turns to me during this counseling session and says, "Like, aren't you going to answer that?" And I knew that something really powerful was happening there. That she was surprised that um, I w- was going to keep all my attention on her. And so I responded I to her that by all saying, "All the time." Yeah, yeah. And I I responded to her by saying. Um, like, whoever it is on the phone can wait. This is my time with you. I'm listening to you. And she, like, just, she started to glow. It was really amazing. And even, you know, at home, you know, with my own kids, and we, we really, we have, technology has let us have, like, instantaneous communication. And so, it's, you know, between responding to the chimes on your phone, whether they're for text or emails or it's an actual phone call, which is kind of rare these days is, you know, saying when your child is talking to you or your child is communicating to you or you're giving them um, your attention in some other way, is to not let those things interrupt. Um, because when when you do that, what happens to the child is that communicates to them. Whatever they were saying or doing isn't, um, important enough for you now to check your te- that text message that just came in, or for you not to answer the phone. And, and I think that's 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 where our communication really does start to break down uh, between children and parents. Is that children understand that some things are more important, even when they're you know they're really not. You know that phone call is not typically more important than how you feel about your child. So in a way, it's like making sure your behavior is lined up with your principal, you know, making sure that if your child is the most important thing to you and listening to them is the most important thing because, you know, they're at school six hours a day and then you're at work and you're rushing around and all, you know, and all of that, is then you have to behave accordingly. So when, you know, turn your phone off, right? even if it's for 15 minutes, a half hour, you know, it really does make a big difference to your child. Plus it models for them, you know, that, um, same a- action so then I'm gonna keep talking here for a second. Um, so then when you have a teenager and who has their own phone and you don't like that they're using it at the t- kitchen table or that they're you know you're trying to talk to them and they're texting, again now you have credibility. so you can say, you know how like when you're talking to me and I'm listening to you, I don't check my phone. I would appreciate if you would you know do that same treat me with that same level of respect and not check your phone. You know, I think that that gives you a lot more credibility. And 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 to an extent, when you are parenting adolescents, that's the key to it, is, like, what have you done their whole childhood? Now can you go
1: back and use that? Um, and this is a place that you really can. Yeah. And, and I think there are times also when a child may need to communicate, may need to tell um, a parent something, and it may not be, like, Exactly the opportune time, or, or, um, right. And there's this, this awesome, um, little I don't know if you'd call it a trick, a, not a, a, just a little, um, a, a thing you can do with your kid, with your children. And it's, it's called, um, it's, I think it was originated, um, with this, um, person named Dr. Gary Landreth, and he called it the 30 mm-hmm. second burst of attention. And yeah. that, I think Jody you you're probably better at describing it than I am. Um, but well, it, I it, I can try. It's, <laughs> it's such an amazing thing because it's 30 seconds and it gives that it gives your child um the feeling of being heard and respected and understood. Um but kind of saying, okay, I'm going to attend to you and I'm going to uh It's probably better Jody if you explain it from the start. I'll probably kind of trip over my words a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll take it then.
0: So um, okay. it 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 um, it, really, it was created by um, Dr. Uh, Gary Landreth, who's a very well known um, play therapist and educator. And the idea was we all have, as parents in particular, but this definitely happens for teachers and coaches as well, um, is we have these moments where we're in the middle of doing something, and that's the time our child wants tell us something really important, right? So we'll be on the phone or we'll be in the middle of talking to somebody else, um, you know, um, in person or, um, we're, you know, we're, we just sat down to do our bills, whatever it may be. And um, the suggestion is, is that you stop what you're doing. So even if you're on the phone, and I'll give an example of how to do this, you stop what you're doing and you give your child... 30 seconds of attention, undivided attention. And so, like, if I'm on the phone, and and, I mean, I think as parents we all know this, it's amazing. We get on the phone, and that's when our our child has something to tell us. They haven't had to talk to us the rest of the day, but as soon as we get on the phone, that's when they want to tell us something. And so uh, what happens is, and I'll say to the person on the phone, because I can see my son's jumping in front of me and has to keep mouthing to me something, is I'm going to... Say to the person on the phone, um, June, Andrew needs my attention for 30 seconds. Could you hold on a minute? And, you know, it, it hasn't it hasn't mattered at all who I'm talking to, if I'm on the phone with the bank or I'm on the phone with the grandma or if I'm on the phone with a friend. Everybody has always been very accepting of this. And then I will get down on my child's level or you get down on your child's level um, physically and then you say, I'm on the phone right now with June, for example, and um, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds of my attention, and then I'm going to get back on the phone, and then when I'm off the phone, I'm going to be able to give you more of the attention that you need. And um, it's really amazing because that 30 seconds really sort of meets their, the child's need right where they are, and they're able to you know, sort of then walk away and hold on, knowing that when you get off the phone or when you're done doing the bills or whatever, that, that you, you're you you're going to be a person of your word and follow through. That's, that is a portion of it, though. You have to follow through. You have to give them 30 seconds, like you said you were going to. And you have to, if they need more than that, you know, um, if they don't get to resolve the issue in that 30 seconds, which typically they don't, is that when you say i'm going to get off, when I get off the phone i 'm going to give you more of my attention. You have to do that um so there, there's part of that, and your kids will learn you know very, very quickly um, that they can get that and that you will follow through, and that becomes just a real value in terms of communicating with them and also not just like the uh awesomeness of them being able to tell you what they need to tell you when they need to tell you it um but knowing that there are some parameters and limits around communication and that they, it doesn't always work to interrupt. So I think right. that there's, like, lots of lessons learned there, too.
1: So, yeah, yeah I've really given that to a to lot of the that. parents. Oh, I'm sorry, Jody. This is a delayed reaction here on this, uh, on this phone. So I'm sorry if I interrupted you. That's okay. You. Um, I've, no, you know, I've given that hint to a lot of the parents of the children I work with and It is so effective. They're so amazed by it. Yeah, yeah. and just like that
0: getting down on their level, it really is a simple thing, which is what um, we promised our listeners is that we would give them um, simple ways, you know, to improve their communication with their kids, simple ways that will lead to um, blissful parenting. And and it does allow your kids to behave better. So if they know, I mean, this is – this is how it all wraps together. If they know that if I need to tell my mom or dad something and it, um, even though I may be interrupting and I'll get my 30 seconds to tell them, then they can hold on. They can behave better. They don't have to start throwing a fit when you're on the phone or, or you know, saying like, mama, 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 you know. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have to do that. And then because what happens is when they're doing that, then we get irritated with them and the communication just breaks down. So, you know, again, this is just another real um, simple uh, lesson, technique, tip, call it strategy, call it what you will, um, but very user friendly in that uh, you can like stop listening to this podcast. We only have a couple minutes left anyway, and give all these things that we're talking about, that we've talked about so far today, um, a try. It's really um, they're really very usable in that way. You don't nothing special about them. They might take some practice um but you'll see that um, not really not a lot i mean really not a lot of practice no um, we we have just over 2 minutes left so i wanted to um, maybe just ask you a quick question june about how like what are some of the ways that you know um that you are communicating well with kids how do you know like that kids you know feel that exchange that communication exchange are there some hints that parents can look for or teachers can look for or other people who work with kids could look for?
1: Well, I I mean, I think a lot of it is is, um, kind of um, common sense type of things where you just notice, you, like, observe their body language, observe their facial expressions, observe um, whether conversation shuts down or whether it becomes, or whether children add more to it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, like, there's... All kinds of like very obvious reasons, the same way that you would the same things you would look for sometimes when you're like when you're conversing with with um other people in your life, other adults in your life, the same thing is like look for those signs in children that they're that they're um that you're that you're reaching them and they're reaching you yeah so so things like they want to tell tell you more <laughs> and they
0: yeah. Uh, and especially it's such a cool thing, I think, too, that, like, your kids want to talk to you. You know, they want to tell you things. And I think that's one of the things to look for. Um, and sometimes also, this is just, I'm going to sneak this in here at the end, um, is that they need privacy for that, too. Um, like, my son's very sensitive to that. Like, he, when he has something to tell me um, that's important to him, and it might not be something that truly needs privacy, but he likes privacy for it, and so... You know, maybe honoring that as well, and, yeah. and that's about you knowing your your own children and how do you know your own children, not just you know by observing them, but also especially as they grow, you know by listening to them so um I think we'll probably spend another um oh we could
1: go on, and on. specifically
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> specifically talking about listening. um but for today, you know uh you have these some quick tricks and certainly um, I'd appreciate feedback and hearing how they work. Uh, Let me know via Twitter or on my website, and thanks for listening. Have a great day.